Ephesians. Uh, if you have your Bible, I really want you to open it today because I'm going to be teaching kind of word for word through this scripture, and I want to be sure that you've got it. Open up your phone or whatever it is. I want to be sure that you can see it and read it as I'm teaching it today. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, as you're turning there, I just want to say thank you to everyone who made Vacation Bible School this last week such a huge hit. Uh, Pastor Lacey did a wonderful job, all of her team. We had over 100 uh, kids here throughout the week. Uh, we had salvations throughout the week. We had families coming in on family night that never really come into church, and they were able just to hear the word and see their kids singing about the Lord. And I just want to say thank you. If you were part of that, whether you were decorating, feeding, uh, cleaning, uh, whatever your uh, teaching, whatever your uh, position was, I just want to let you know that I thank you so much for helping making it just a fantastic week for our kids. Second Corinthians, we'll be going there in just a moment. Today, I want to speak on the topic, topic of flip it, flip it. Um, in First Corinthians chapter 2, it states <clears throat> that the leader's of the world, if, if the leaders of the world would have known what they were doing, they would have never crucified Jesus. It says that the leaders of the world, I believe it's talking about leaders of darkness, had they known the result of crucifying Jesus, if they, if they would have known what that result was going to be, they probably would have never crucified the Lord of glory. Amen. Because when the enemy is allowed to operate in your life, when the enemy is allowed to come up against you, the enemy is not aware that God is actually using them to fulfill his purpose and will for your life. Can I get an amen this morning? They don't, the, the, the devil is not even that smart that whenever he comes up against you, that the Lord is actually using him, the devil, the enemy, to fulfill God's purpose and plan and glory for your life. And when the powers of darkness crucified Jesus that day, they thought they were canceling him. They thought they would ruin his name. They thought they would get rid of him, that they would vanish him from earth, that they would ruin his reputation. They thought that they would remove him and his name from everything on earth and then everything would then belong to Satan himself. But not only did crucifying Jesus not nullify his power here on earth, it multiplied his power on earth. Amen? Because God practices what he preaches. And when God wanted something, when he wanted you to be a part of the kingdom, when he wanted sons and daughters to know him, he sowed a seed. He sowed a seed from heaven into earth. And he sent the word from heaven which came in the form of Jesus Christ, his son. He sent the word from heaven as a seed. And the word says, what good is a seed unless it falls to the ground and dies? And when it dies, it produces much fruit. Before he died, get this, before Jesus died, he was the only begotten son. But when he died and rose again, he came up as many sons and many daughters. Amen? Because he died 
died and rose again, you have access to salvation. And now, not now, now is he not only the begotten son, now you are also a son and daughter of the Most High. That's reason to thank God today. Amen. And they thought they would destroy his power, but actually they multiplied his power. They thought that they would destroy his body. Actually, they multiplied his body. God was flipping it, and they could not even see that God was doing something through their devious acts. Get this. What seems is happening isn't always what is happening. What you think is happening, what you see is happening, isn't always what is really happening. You see an outward affliction. You see an outward issue, an outward. They saw him be crucified, but they did not know that that in the spirit, God was multiplying his power. They killed him. They watched him, and when they killed him, it gave way to something greater than what was even before. There will be times when things come up against you. There will be things when there are things that are happening in your life. It will feel like they are uh, diminishing you. It will feel like these these, uh, problems are decreasing you. They are lessening you. And as humans, we want things that we see coming against us to shift, but the fact is, is that things actually start shifting in heaven before we ever see them on planet earth. And in America right now, in our country, it is like tension is so high. People are worried. There are discussions are increasing daily of another recession. Record number of people are dealing with anxiety and depression. Record number of of teenagers are on uh, meds for anxiety. Fear is growing in a nation. Hopelessness, helplessness, people feeling just overwhelmed by everything. And these are all effects of the shifts in the culture and what it is happening on the human soul. Listen, whenever tensions start to mount in a nation... Whenever tensions start to mount in your home, whenever tensions start to grow like they are right now, it it, it usually is a byproduct of we are focusing on things that are in our sight instead of things that we cannot see. Instead of understanding that there's something greater that is actually taking place. And this season, the season that we are in as a nation, the season that you are in in your home or your marriage, marriage or your job? Will it be an affliction or will it be an ascension? Will it afflict you or will it raise you up to a new level? God is using the thing that that is afflicting you to actually grow you. Amen? And what feels like a season of affliction, God sees it as a season of growth. And so often it is our response that will cause it to afflict us or to grow us. Our response. Pharaoh was against the Israelites. And the army and all of his chariots, which is still today known as one of the greatest military forces of all times, they would not stop pushing and pressing against uh, the nation of Israel. They were torturing the people. And the Israelites were leaving one day. They are fleeing from them. And the word says that they literally turn 
and they see Pharaoh coming. They turn toward their back and they see an army uh, coming, being led by Pharaoh. And the word said that fear literally came over them because of what they saw. They saw an enemy coming and fear began to grow. Listen to what God told Moses to tell his people. He said, tell your people, hold your peace. Hold your peace. Hold your peace because when you lose your peace, it's like a chain reaction. Other people start losing their peace. Amen? When you get angry, somebody else is going to get angry. When you lose your peace, somebody else is going to lose their peace. He said, hold your peace in this hour. You need some peace of the Lord on the inside of you. Amen. In this hour of uncertainty, cause when, cause whatever is in you will start to manifest around you. If you allow frustration in you, there will be moments of frustration all around you. If you allow hate in you, there will be bitterness and hate all around you. Moses told his people, hold your peace. He was telling his people, don't lose your faith in God because of what you see going on around you. And when the Bible says uh, this, when he told them this, this was the exact moment that, that, that was a famous moment when Moses literally stretches out his rod and the seas begin to split and what they were backed up to a they were backed up to the sea with Pharaoh coming behind them. Now the sea is beginning to split. They did not know this was going to happen and they walk across on dry ground and as they are watching their enemy, what happens? The sea literally closes and swallows up their their enemy and the entire army drowned that day. Listen to what Moses told them. Moses looked at them and said that, he said that the enemy that you see, you shall see no more. The enemy that you've been looking at, you shall see no more. I want to speak this over the church today. I want to speak this over the nation today. I want to speak this to people who are watching online today and listening. I want to speak this over your house today because the enemy that you've been looking at, you shall see that thing no more. Amen. The enemy that's got your attention will have your attention no more. The cycle that's been in your life for years, it shall be there no more. The cycle that you watched your parents and your grandparents wrestle with, you shall see it no more. The disease that is hereditary, you shall see that thing no more. The enemy that you've been making eye contact with all day long, guess what? you shall see that thing no more. Get this, the very fact that there is something in your life that keeps, that, that keeps recycling, that keeps being brought up, cycling back around. The very fact that there is something in your life that the devil keeps throwing up is proof that God isn't finished with you yet. And it's proof that you are on the verge of a breakthrough because every time you try to go to another dimension, the devil knows it and he will, he will, he will cycle you back around. He will put your mind back on that day when it happened. But I want to tell you today that that enemy that you see, you shall see him no more. Why? Because you can't see it in the natural, but God is flipping it in the spiritual. He's flipping it. God is always flipping something on your behalf. He's always working something out. 
He's always making something better than it is for you. Do not be caught off guard by what you see. In 2 Corinthians chapter 3, I'm going I'm to teach this line by line, verse 17. So get out your word and get out your uh, notes today. The Lord is the Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But we all with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord, beholding his glory, beholding the glory of the Lord. What you behold, you will become. That's why mama always was worried about what kind of friends you're with. Mama was on to something. What you behold, you become. If all you do is look at problems, you will become a problem yourself. If all you do is look at fear and hang around things that cause fear, you will become fear. If all you do is hang around drama, you will become drama. Amen? Because whatever you behold, you become. This is why in this hour it is so important for the bride of Christ, the church, to maintain a proper focus, to have a clear vision of where God is putting you and what he wants you to do. Because whatever I am beholding, the word says, I'm being transformed into. So as long as I keep a gaze and looking at Jesus, I am becoming more like him. Colossians 3 verse 2, just jot it down, says that, that, uh, says that to set your mind on things above. Uh, be, behold, behold him in your thoughts. Set your mind on things that you can't even see. Psalm 121 verse 2, jot it down. It says, I will lift my eyes to the hills for my help comes from the Lord. I know where my help is coming from. I'm not looking to the government. I'm not looking to organization. I, my eyes are just focused on Jesus. The world may be full of chaos, but I'm looking at Jesus because I have peace. My neighbors may have a lack of happiness and joy, but I'm going to look at Jesus. I'm going to look at Jesus because the joy of the Lord is my strength. Amen. The world may be worried about the provision of tomorrow and gas prices and increases and in inflation, but I'm looking to Jesus because he is the provider of all things for me. Amen. The world may be weary, but I'm looking to Jesus and I have faith because my eyes are on him instead of of everything else so as I behold him as I focus on him I become more like him and the Bible says that this transformation happens from glory to glory by the spirit the word is saying that one day you do not just wake up and you are just like the Lord if you ever wake up and think you're like the Lord you're not The Spirit is transforming you from glory to glory, day to day, level to level. Let's keep reading. If you're following along, the next verse actually starts a new chapter. 
Just so you know, whenever these writers were writing Scripture, they did not write in chapters. Later on in time, people broke everything up in chapters and verse to make it easier to, to find and to study and to read. So this is one letter, and the next sentence says, Therefore... Therefore is a word that means I just finished one thought, but I have something else to add to it. Therefore, since we have this ministry of the Spirit in us, transforming us day by day, glory to glory. Therefore, since we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, we do not lose heart. What is this ministry? Back up two sentences. The ministry of the Holy Spirit transforming me into the image of Jesus day by day, glory to glory. Since I have this ministry, those of you that have just been saved, guess what? You are just starting on the journey from glory to glory. Those of you that have recently rededicated your life, guess what? You are on a journey that takes you from glory to glory. Those of you that have been saved 20, 30, 40 years, all of your life, guess what? God is not finished with you yet, amen? He is still taking you from glory to glory. And get this, you never really arrive here on earth. When you think you have arrived, no, you're just beginning. You never really arrive. You keep ascending. The word says, I press toward the upward call. I'm always moving. I'm always stretching. I'm always trying to be like, my eyes are focused on him. You never arrive. You just keep ascending. And God is calling his bride. God is calling the church upward. He's calling them to stretch forth to the upward calling. The word says, since I have received the ministry of the Holy Spirit, taking me from glory to glory, I do not lose heart or hope. How many people do we come in contact with every day? How many people do we see? How many people do we read their posts and we think, what in the world are they going through? That every day we come in contact with people that are losing heart. You don't have to look far to find somebody who's lost heart. People who are saying, I'm depressed, I'm anxious, I've lost faith, I feel like a nobody, I'm, I'm suicidal, I'm weak, I've lost hope, I feel like I have nothing. We are living in a culture that has and is continuing to lose heart. Since we have this ministry, we do not lose heart. Get this, since we know that the Holy Spirit is leading us, and doing a work of glory in us. We cannot allow what is happening around us to steal our power. We cannot allow the culture shifts around us to steal the word that has been hidden in our hearts. We cannot allow what is happening around us and what we see to hinder us from ascending, from moving upward. We are not going to allow this season to make the church weary. Amen. We're not going to allow this season that we're in to, to, to diminish the church. No, we're not going to allow the state of things around us to make the church, the bride, lose heart. Why is that? Let's keep reading. Go to verse 7 for the sake of time. Why are we not going to lose heart? But we have the treasure in earthen vessels that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. He said we are hard pressed on every side. Anybody ever felt that? Yet not crushed. 
We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken or abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. I want to read it again. Why do we not lose heart and hope? Because we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. We are hard-pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. We are persecuted, but we are not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. So let's recap. We have the ministry of the Holy Spirit that's transforming me. Glory to glory. Step by step. He's transforming me to be more like the Lord. And because of that, I will not lose heart. But there are some things that you will face in life. There are some difficult decisions that you must make. There are some things that God will even allow to come up against you. To come up against these earthen vessels. And those things that come up against me, what are they doing? They are pressing me. They are getting on my nerves. They know my pressure points. They know what makes me tick. They know what makes me angry. They are pushing me. I feel the pressure of increased rent. I feel the pressure of gas prices. I feel the pressure of sickness. You feel the pressure of your family carrying the weight. You feel the pressure of your children. You feel the pressure of your job. And now I am hard-pressed on on every side, but I'm not crushed. I'm not destroyed. Why not? Because the word says we have something, a treasure. We have something inside of this earthen vessel. You know what it is? We have salvation inside of us. We have the Spirit of God inside of us. Amen. We have the anointing inside of us. We have His glory on the inside of us. And these, because we have these things inside of us, we cannot be crushed. That's the reason to clap today. If that don't make you excited, you would must be wet this morning. So when these things are pressing against us, the Spirit is doing something on the outside, on the inside of us that we cannot see. When, when these things are pressing on the outside, the Spirit is moving on the inside of us. We have treasure in earthen vessels that the excellence of His power, that the excellence of the power may be of God. When things start pressing against you, the excellence of God kicks in. He's excellent. The root word for excellence is excel. Excel means to surpass, to go beyond. The Bible says what? Praise him according to his what? Excellent greatness. Excellent, excellent. Excel. He goes, what goes beyond great things. In other words, praise him for his ability to go beyond anything that you can see. Praise him because he has the power to do things that you've never seen. Praise him because he has the ability to go beyond everything that is pressing you today. 
Praise him because he has the ability to go beyond sickness. Praise him because he has the ability to go beyond everything that you've already witnessed him do in life. Praise him because it doesn't matter how many miracles that you've seen. He never runs out of miracles. Praise him no matter what you've read in the Bible. Guess what? There is still more in store. He, he is always excelling. He is excellent. Guess what? He has the ability to go beyond everything that you've ever witnessed. Why? Because when we are pressed, he is excellent. And he transforms you and he takes you from glory to glory. And he uses what is pressing you in life to excel you, to launch you to a new season. And the devil thinks he's taking you down, but no, what he is doing is actually moving you to a new level. Second Corinthians chapter four, verse 16. Therefore, do we do not lose heart, even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day, verse 16. We do not lose heart. There it is again. In the natural, it's, it's my outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. Have you ever been around an old saint and their body is feeble and they can barely get around and they say, I've never felt like this before. I've never felt so good in the spirit. And they're still praying like they've never prayed. They're still seeing things. Why? Because the old person may be perishing, but God is still doing something day by day by day by day. He's the God that excels. Uh, I, I may feel like I'm dying in the natural, but in my spirit, he's reviving me. I may look like death in the physical. Oh, but if you could see what he's doing in my spirit, I'm gaining strength. In the natural, I feel like the breath has been taken away from me. Oh, but in the spirit, I can see and feel the Ruach. I can feel the Numa. I can feel the wind and the breath of God. Man, help me out. Verse 17, for our light affliction, which is but for a moment. Affliction is for a moment. You're thinking, if this thing is light, I'd hate to see what a heavy affliction feels like. This Light, it's, 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 it's light, it's, it's, it's but a moment. Light is the affliction when you compare it to what God is already doing on the inside of you. It's but for a moment. It's working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Did you catch that? Light is the affliction, but, but His glory has a weight to it. It's like a weighted blanket. Whenever it gets on you, you know that it's on you. And it hugs you and it caresses you and it fits around you. Guess what? Light is the affliction. But guess what? His glory has more weight. It has more power than the thing that is afflicting you. While we do not look at things which are seen, but at things which are not seen. I'm just reading this out. How do we focus on things that you can't even see? How? It don't make sense. You do that by not focusing on the outer things and knowing that the spirit that is on the inside of you will not allow you to be crushed by life. 
For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. God is using all of the enemy's energy to flip this thing in your favor. I say God is using every ounce of the enemy's energy to flip something in your favor. What is going on isn't really what is going on. This is what happens. You are praying about that. Everything that's going on around you. You are worried about that. You are worried about the rent. You are worried about gas prices. You are, we, we are worried about inflation. We're worried about gas. I, was, I told first service, $20 didn't even fill up my lawnmower this week. I'm about to get some goats. Serious. And we look at that and we start to worry and we start to retreat. And, we, st- and we, we are praying about that. But the whole time you're praying about that, God is doing this. He is, he, he is pouring something in the earthen vessel. He's putting more anointing in. While you're, you, you're praying about that, He's pouring something inside of you. Because whenever you have this, that will not overcome you. Whenever you have this in line, whenever you know you've got that ministry inside of you called the Spirit and He's transforming you and He's taking those things that are pressing you, He's taking those things that are making you depressed, He's taking those things that are making you anxious and He's building you. I may be pressed on all, all every side, but you're not going to get crushed because you are praying about that. But the whole time you're praying about that, God is doing this because whenever you've got this, that cannot crush you. The word says, in the last days, there'll be wars, rumors of wars, natural disasters, all of these things. We are seeing the signs of the time play out. Any moment, a trumpet could sound. I believe in the rapture. I believe that one day the trumpet is going to sound. And our feet will leave this ground. That makes me want to shout. I wish it would blow right now. I'll need no gas to leave this earth. You can have my lawnmower. I don't care. And so often... We get so caught up with the signs of the time. The Word says that when all of these signs of the time are playing out, that is when He said, I will pour out my Spirit upon all flesh. When everything is in turmoil, He said, that is when, in the last days, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh, your sons and your daughters, the men and the women, the young and the old, the rich and the poor. But what is happening is the church is getting so caught up with the signs of the time that we will miss an outpouring. There's a pride weekend that's coming, the end of this month, 
in our hometown. They're going to have a drag parade down Broad Street. And we're sitting here like, oh my gosh, what are we going to do? Let's close down. Let's retreat. No, let the church be the church in this hour. You don't got to be mean about it, but now is the time for the church's doors to be open. Now is the time to be preaching truth because as the signs of the time are playing out, he said, that is when I'm going to pour out my spirit upon all flesh. You can either live in the signs of the time or you can live full of the spirit. Do not miss an outpouring because you are seeing the signs unfold around you. Don't miss what God is trying to do because you are focused on the Pharaoh that's coming at you. They turn around and they were full of fear. They turned around and they were full of fear. Will you stand up on your feet with me today? They turned around and they were full of fear. They turned around and they were full of fear. They turned around and they saw it. And he said, hold your peace. Hold your peace. Hold your peace. Because why? Because what you behold, you are becoming. You are becoming. 